Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com Featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith Not just a profile picture For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com And the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website Is ready to help single Catholics take the next step In sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics Remember, CatholicSingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love. CMF Curo is the country's first Catholic health share ministry to provide an affordable health sharing program rooted in Catholic teaching and community. Learn more at MyCatholicHealthShare.com. CMF Curo, healthcare fully alive. Well, howdy, everybody. This is John Michael Talbot. Do you ever get into a relationship with somebody and discover that you haven't dialogued well enough and your relationship kind of goes south? The same thing can happen in our relationship with God. We're going to look at that. All things are possible with God. Come back and join me. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back. This is John Michael. We're looking at the dialogue stage in our love relationship with Jesus Christ. It's so important to dialogue. You know, a lot of times in natural relationships today, people go right to sexual relationships, right to consummation. They don't dialogue and they don't get married. And that's a problem. That's a problem because it cheapens the relationship and we end up hurting ourselves as human beings. The same thing is true in our relationship with Jesus. Sometimes we want to go right to the consummation of the union with Christ, but we don't want to look at the teaching of Jesus. What he says, what he doesn't say. What's right, what's wrong. What's true, what's not true. See, So dialogue is, is this initial stage after we've been attracted through the grace of God, through the power of the Spirit. Now we've got to begin to talk to Jesus. And he talks back. He did it in his earthly life. He does it in the church. He does it through the teaching of the church. He does it through scripture, through tradition. There's so many cool ways. So let's take a look at this. Well, the first thing is not just all facts. It's not all just doctrine. If you look at it, there are moments. Have you ever had in your relationship with a friend, with a lover, where you're having that conversation and bang, you break through to something that's eternal. Isn't that cool? You break through to the eternal even in your dialogue. The same thing happens in our relationship with Jesus Christ. For one thing, the power of the Spirit is within us, and when we read the words of Jesus, our spirit quickens. Because Jesus within us, through the power of the Spirit, is recognizing his own words. That's why the Spirit guides us to all truth. Because Jesus within us is recognizing the words of Christ in Scripture, in the church, in the teaching of the saints. Bang! The Spirit quickens those things. So there's mystery, but there's also clarity. Let's think about this. Jesus is the Logos incarnate, the Word incarnate. 
I learned something in the Middle East, that the word is the extension of the soul. We Westerners tend to think of the word as something very objective and, and, and kind of fragmented from who we are. Well, I think and I feel and yada, yada. We separate ourselves. In the East, we're one. So when the word is made flesh and dwells among us, it is the very soul of God. It's an extension of the self. So our dialogue is in itself mystical. Our study of scripture, our study of doctrine about faith and morality is mystical. And Jesus himself says in John 6, 63, my words are spirit and truth. Wow, my words. Now doctrine, the word doctrine and teaching are sometimes used interchangeably in scripture. The word is didaskalia, didaskalia. And we hear this, Jesus, in Matthew 7, 28 and 29. He says, when Jesus finished these words, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. The word there for teaching is didaskalia. And the same thing is true in Paul writing to Titus, his spiritual son, when he says, for a bishop as God's steward must be blameless, not arrogant. He goes through all of this. And he says, holding fast to the true message as taught so that he will be able to exhort with sound doctrine and to refute opponents. For there are also many rebels, idle talkers, and deceivers. It's imperative to silence them because they're upsetting whole families by teaching things that are wrong. And he says to Timothy, he says, The time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine. Didaskalia. They'll be following their own desires an insatiable curiosity, and they will accumulate teachers who will stop listening to the truth and will be diverted to myths. In one translation, it says they will have tickling, itching ears, and they want teachers that will tickle their ears. So it's important. Now, we know that Scripture comes forth from the church. Jesus is the Word made flesh. He didn't write a book. He attracted people. He breathed the Spirit on them, and especially on the apostles. And they began to bring the teaching of Jesus uh, to the people. And Scripture came forth from the church. Guess what? It's our book. It's our book. So we're not a people of the book. We're a people with a book. It, it really, uh, really affects on how we approach Scripture. In Paul's second letter to Timothy, he says, Remain faithful to what you have learned and believed because you know from whom you learned it. And that from infancy you have known the sacred scripture. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, refutation, correction, and training in righteousness. So that the one who belongs to God may be competent, equipped for every good work. You'll notice right there that there's this union between Paul and Scripture. In other words, Timothy is to be faithful to Scripture, but he's able to understand how to interpret it because he knew his teachers. He knew his teachers. That's very cool. Jesus is the Word made flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He's also the fulfillment of everything in the Old Testament. In Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, in times past, God spoke in partial and various ways 
In these last days, he spoke to us through his Son, whom he made the heir of all things, through whom he created the universe, who is the refulgence of his glory, the very imprint of his being. So Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And we know that in his resurrection appearances on that road to Emmaus with the two disciples, get this, we some, I, I love this, because we sometimes think that the apostles kind of invented things. No, no, no. They got it right from Jesus. Luke 24, 27. Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. Wow. So scripture talks about doctrine, but it's important that the doctrine is rooted and for the purpose of this love relationship with Jesus Christ. Again, we're a people with a book, not a people of the book. We have truth, but it's always truth and love. The two are united. St. Francis speaks about this pretty profoundly. He says, Listen to this. His daily and continual talk was of Jesus. Indeed, he was always occupied with Jesus. Jesus he bore in his heart, in his mouth, in his ears, in his eyes, in his hands, in the rest of his members. Indeed, he, as he went along the way meditating and singing of Jesus, he would forget his food and invite all elements to praise Jesus. Francis heard the scripture in the bishop's church. Wow. So when he first heard the Gospels that told him how to follow Jesus, it was in the context of a mass in the bishop's church. So there's this union of Scripture and the church, Scripture and apostolic tradition. But it never, never becomes legalism. He says a servant of God has been killed by the letter when he has no desire to know the spirit of the sacred Scriptures. And it's more important to meditate the scriptures than just to read them. You don't read them from the outside in. You meditate on them and you know them from the inside out. Listen, every day, he says, I find such sweetness and consolation and calling to mind and meditating on the humility of the Son of God manifested while he was on earth that I could live until the end of the world without hearing or meditating on any of the passages of scripture says, Christ's cross was their book, and they studied it day and night. He says, many are they who desire to exalt themselves to the heights of knowledge, but blessed is he who prefers to renounce knowledge for the love of God. Wow. Now, in his letter to uh, St. Anthony of Padua, he says, it's agreeable to me that you should teach the friars so long as they don't extinguish the spirit of prayer and devotedness over mere study. So what's this all mean? It means, yes, we've got to have dialogue. Yes, we have to study scripture. Yes, we have to have the teaching of the church regarding faith and morality. We should know it. We need that objective guidance. But it's always for the sake of this love relationship with Jesus. And it's always the power of Jesus present in us through the Spirit, recognizing his own words in the Gospels, the teaching of the church, and the saying of the saints. I think that's pretty cool. See, So it's not enough just to scientifically study doctrine. You must pray it. Come back and join me. We're going to go deeper in this, and I think you're going to like what you hear. All things are possible with God. 
Welcome back. We are looking at dialogue in our love relationship with Jesus Christ, the importance of teaching, of doctrine, about faith and morality to establish the foundation from which to go further into that love union with Jesus in our mystical marriage with Christ. Well, we discovered in the first part that it's not enough just to read from the outside in. You've got to read from the inside out. You have this breakthrough. There's something mystical in our understanding of Scripture, in our understanding of apostolic tradition, in our understanding of the teaching of the church, the sayings of the saints. See, that's, it's not just a, an outside-in, dry study. St. Bonaventure, in his itinerarium, the journey of the soul or the journey of the mind to God, listen to this, this is so cool. He says, Let us not believe that it is enough to read without the unction of the Spirit, to speculate without prayerful devotion, to investigate, without wonder, to observe, without joy, oh, to act without godly zeal, to know without love, to understand without humility. Sometimes pride puffs up, or knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. To understand without humility, to strive without divine grace, or to reflect as a mirror without divinely inspired wisdom. He says of St. Francis in his major life, he says, St. Francis never studied the sacred scriptures. He never went to seminary. He had a typical education. Back then, we think he probably had the equivalent of about an eighth grade education. Today, it'd be like, well, he went to high school and got a BA, got a bachelor's degree somewhere. 
So he never studied sacred scripture, but unwearied application to prayer and the continual practice of virtue had purified his spiritual vision. Wow, so that his keen intellect was bathed in the radiance of eternal life and penetrated, therefore, to its depths. Free from stain, his genius pierced to the heart of the mysteries by the effective love he entered by, and by the effective love he entered where theologians and their science stand outside. Once he read something in the sacred books and understood its meaning, he impressed it indelibly on his memory. Anything he had once grasped carefully, he meditated on continuously. And get this, I love this quote. His theology soared aloft on the wings of purity and contemplation like an eagle full of flight. And the theologian says, while our learning crawls along on the ground. Wow. I know people who can argue theology and scripture and ecclesiology and sacramental theology, but they're crawling on the ground. We have to soar aloft. Soar aloft in that relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why Pope Francis says, I invite every Christian at this very moment to a renewed personal encounter with Jesus Christ. When you have that relationship, that love relationship, now study, dialogue, bang, it takes on a whole new meaning. And I love what uh, the imitation of Christ, Thomas Akempis, he says, if you're pure within... Everything in creation becomes a book of holy doctrine. And St. Bonaventure says that Francis was helped not a little by the things that are in the world. To the world. In every work of the artist, he saw the divine artist. Whatever he found in the things made, he referred to the maker. He rejoiced in all the works of the hands of the Lord, in beautiful things. He saw beauty itself. All things were to him good, good. Through his footprints impressed on things, he followed the beloved, there we are, lover and beloved, everywhere, everywhere. He made for himself from all things, get this, a ladder by which to come even to his throne. Wow. See, if you have that relationship, the lover and the beloved, now all of a sudden, not only does Scripture teach you, everything you encounter is teaching you about God. Creation. Take a walk by the ocean. Take a hike through a park. Isn't that cool? He says the created universe itself is a ladder leading us toward God. Some created things are his traces, others his image. Wow. So Bonaventure will actually distinguish between the traces of God in creation. This isn't pantheism. So God isn't a tree. He's not a rock. He's not a flower. But his traces are in creation. And then he says his image is in humanity. Wow. So the human being in a special way bears his image. 
He says, whoever is not enlightened by such brilliance of things created, they must be blind. Whoever is not awakened by their mighty voice must be deaf. Whoever fails to praise God for all his works must be dumb. Whoever fails to discover the first principle of all things through these signs must be a fool. He's referring to the philosophical language of the first principle found in Plato and Aristotle. Taking perceptible things as a mirror, we see God through them, through his traces, so to speak. But we also see him in them as he is there by his essence, power and presence. Wow. So, we're able to see God in his traces in creation. And then he goes on to say God in his image in humanity. Now, he says that, that the human soul is like a mirror created to reflect the image of God. problem is sin is like dust that gets on the mirror. First, it dulls the reflection. Then if, if it stacks up, it begins to obscure it. But here's the good news. Jesus does windows. He can clean us off. Isn't that wonderful? So that our soul, we begin to reflect a beautiful image of God in our life again. He says, with sin and grace, he says, it's extraordinary that so few people should be aware of God within themselves. That reflecting image, huh? Yet the reason is obvious. The human man, mind, distracted by worldly cares, fails to enter into itself through memory. Clouded by imagination, it fails to turn upwards towards himself through intelligence. Attracted by concupiscence, it fails to return to itself through desire. For in the sweetness of your spiritual joy, immersed in senses, it's unable to re-enter into itself as into the likeness of God. We cannot rise above ourselves unless a superior power lifts us. Wow. No matter how well we plan our spiritual progress, nothing comes of it unless divine assistance intervenes. And he says, we are like men and women who've fallen into a pit. We have human power, so we try to get out, but we can't get out. We always slip and fall and bang, end up right back at the bottom of the pit again. Sound familiar? Bonaventure says it's only the hand of Jesus reaching back to us where we are in the pit that can pull us up out of the pit and places on solid ground again. Wow. 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 Well, while studying these manners, just a little warning, he says, beware of thinking that you comprehend the incomprehensible. Yet there are other things to be considered. Yet who would not be lifted up to the wonder of beholding such marvels? Wow. So, you have a little warning. We can enter into this union of God. We can see amazing things through this mirror. But don't think you can see God completely. Let's end with an understanding. When you read scripture, Bonaventure says, Contemplate with vivid imagination. Imagination assists understanding. 
So you've got to be able to see. When you read Scripture, see it, visualize it, meditate on it. Don't just study it. Let the Spirit within you recognize Jesus the Word in Scripture, in apostolic tradition, and in the teaching of the church, and in the sayings of the saints. And if you do this, you will have the objective foundation through dialogue to enter into this marriage with Jesus, and you will consummate the marriage and give birth to children. Wow. All things are possible with God. I love you guys. Let this miracle unfold in you. Let's take a moment and pray. I want you to ask for that miracle in your life. Jesus, come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let me develop a love for your word, for your scripture, for you and the teaching of the church and the fathers and the mothers of the faith. Let me love your sayings that come to us through those who have followed you as saints. May my life be filled with this wonder. In Jesus' name we pray. If you prayed that, he will answer that prayer and he'll be with you right now. All things are possible with God. I love you guys. Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusofLexington.com.